Welcome back to the Work Inspired Podcast. Svi Broker with Review Show Gersey. And uh, before we start, we just want to thank our anonymous sponsor for today's episode, who is helping us to be able to share this Torah with a wider audience. We just also want to be able to welcome our greater Torah Anytime audience who's going to be starting to tune into our podcast weekly. So now you're able to find our podcast on all platforms, Torah Anytime, Spotify, Apple. It's good stuff. And make sure to share it with your friends. And Spotify is not Shopify. <laughs> yes, we, we practiced that line. Yes. Okay, so where are we? So today's topic is something which I know is a fundamental a teaching of the greater Arba Yisodo Pilsner model about having healthy relationships. And, and the key component of that is learning how to be able to set boundaries, which plays out in all of our relationships. But I know something that we've spoken about and comes up in conversations right, with people at work, people in business, is setting healthy relationships in the context of work and business. And, you know, work is a place, and the studies that come out showing about what are the lead causes for stress, right? relationships is, is one of those factors that always come up and rank very high. And whether it's the manager, you know, who needs to work on setting healthy boundaries, because you know, he's always being called, he's always being messaged, and needs to be able to set his place, right? Or whether it's the employee who feels like the manager has an issue with their boundaries and wants to make sure that they're able to say, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. You know, I don't always need to be on. I'm not always going to be checking my email. I'm not always going to be checking my phone, right? Or when people are working collaboratively, right? And people need to be able to set their boundaries between coworkers and say, you know, this is what I'm going to do and I expect this from you, right? Or on the business side of things where, once again, whether you're on the service provider where, especially in the culture today, Right, not so much here in Eretz Israel, but in other parts of the world, <laughs> where you know this uh, customer is always right. You know, I was brought up on that. I still have this juke stuck in my head that I'm always right because I'm the customer. Until I've realized that not everyone believes that. But you know, <laughs> you know, we're laughing over here. We know it's true. But the truth is, right? Is is that sometimes the customer isn't right, right? And sometimes you know you could be dealing with this client and dealing with this this customer who feels like. They, you know, you should just roll out the carpet for them because they're a client and they're a customer, and you need to be able to set the boundary and say, you know, with all due respect, we appreciate your business, but ad can, you know, this is where things go up to. Or if you're on that client side, you know, and, and we've all been there, we've all been there when you buy a product, you sign up for a service, you somehow subscribe for something that you didn't think you were subscribing for, you know, and you have to make that phone call and they put you on hold and you get some guy who's being outsourced in some foreign country and then you speak to the manager and it's like, listen, like, this is not what I bought right now. You know, and having that conversation and setting that boundary and saying, listen, like, until this point, this is not something I'm going to stand for. And I think what happens, you know, I know this is totally simplified, but you have two camps. You have the camps of people that they just keep quiet. You know, they just, it's not worth the headache, you know, or they just feel like they're being some type of righteous person by just being quiet. But what happens is, is that as they're keeping quiet, internally there isn't quiet. Internally there's this resentment which is brewing and brewing and brewing and brewing and brewing. And then you have other people that they have no problem opening up their mouths. You know, they're not going to take anything, you know, from anyone, right? But that's where all the screaming starts. You know, that's where all the fighting starts. That's where all the breakdown in relationships happen, you know, because of how that 
often is done in an unhealthy way. That's why you have other people saying, okay, I'm just going to be quiet because I don't want to be one of those people that get into one of those fights. So I guess what we want to discuss here today, and obviously it's a big topic, but I think that Bezvet Hashem together will be able to share some tips. And how can we, how can we walk this you know, on this tightrope? How can we find a way to be able to set healthy relationships in business, healthy relationships in work, you know, in a way that it can end up leading to a productive result? Okay. As usual, you speak very elegantly. It's very nice. Thank you. Very clear. I got it. If I got it, other people hopefully will get it. Um, I've, there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. One thought that comes to mind, I don't know if this is necessarily in the order that I wish to share it, but this is what's coming up because I don't want to forget. So one point that comes to mind is just how many times we say yes, we're actually inside, we're saying no. What do you mean? So you may ask me a question, can you help me? And inside, it's like, no, I'm too overwhelmed. I've got so much going on. But the word that comes out of my mouth is, yes, of course, I would love to help you. <laughs> so I, I think number one is just a self-reflection of honesty. You know, just a self-reflection of honesty. And I wrote a page, there's a safer called Alpha Beta. Ah, it's here. Look at this. Beautiful. So one, Alpha Beta is a safer from... Um, from Reb Svi of Nadvorna, who is one of our Zaydas. He, he married into Bedichev, his grandson married into Bedichev. And I wrote a parish on the Sefer, maybe one day it will be published. But at the beginning he speaks about the Indian of Emes. And in the parish on Emes, truth, I bring up this point because it's, it's brought in a few other places in his other Sefer, Al-Hatayra. And the point that he shares is very interesting. He says, MS is not just what you say is true that comes out of your mouth, but MS is an authentic truth within you before it comes out of your mouth. So for example, he says it's not an actualization of MS when inside of you, you hear that no and you say a yes. Or opposite, there's a no that comes out your mouth and inside you say, no, I really should help. And it's, it's, that, that's one thing that comes up. And I think that the disconnect is what sometimes breeds this resentment, that I'm saying things that actually are not true inside. I see. Meaning, and, meaning and the person doesn't want to, but yes, they're, they're, and, it's not that they authentically... And they think for themselves, right. as you said, maybe I have to be the tzaddik and I have to do this. You know, there is this funny complex that sometimes, okay, I need to, I need to remain quiet. That's like the tzaddik model. Efsha, maybe, but maybe we can push back on that. Who says? That's one thought that comes to mind. So in regards to boundaries and in regards to just, just living life, I think the self-reflection of knowing what languages are coming up, what words are coming up inside, and is that matched by my external um, experience. That's one thing that comes up. Another thing that comes up is, I mean, we discuss this in relationships of the Arabi Saidus, but we have many dimensions to relationship, many sorts of relationship. So for example, the intimacy of a husband and wife is going to be very different in communication to somebody you randomly meet on the street. They're things that, you know, we love each other very much. We, you know, we've very, you know, known each other for a long time. So there's certain ways I will act in front of you that I wouldn't act to other people. 
not because I don't like them, because there's boundaries. There's boundaries and the boundaries change. You know, the boundaries change the more you know somebody to knowing somebody less. So you will let somebody in a lot more because you are not necessarily afraid if you have that trust. I can act silly and you'll just say you'd laugh with me. Right. You won't judge me. So there's different layers, different dimensions of relationships. And sometimes you have to be very aware of that. So at work, the boundaries of one relationship is not necessarily the same as a close friend and it's not necessarily the same as parents it's not necessarily the same as siblings i see I meaning what you're saying is is that and when we look at relationships and boundaries externally if i'm, if I'm understanding correctly externally it, it's going to look different based on the context of a relationship you know for example relationship between you know, boss and employee relationship between child and parent, you know, husband and wife, that's going to look different externally. Yes. And internally. Right. But what I'm thinking, though, is, is that is there a common grounds that if a person struggles with being able to put healthy boundaries, is that something which is something is something which is going to be the same in every relationship? It may manifest so different, I, but is there so is there I some think... internal mechanism going inside so of a person. I think it's that self-reflection. I think it's that self-reflection. Am I being honest with myself? You know, for example, you know, you have a nice car. Okay, you put your foot down on the accelerator and you put it down, the car's going. But then you put your hands up to steer the car and there's no steering wheel. <laughs> you know, you're gonna, it, it doesn't work. So you've got the accelerator, you've got the brakes, and you've got the steering wheel, and you need all three in order to have a smooth ride. And I do think it begins with allowing yourself to actually express your truth. And I, I, I don't know if, I, I think one of the problems that we face generally in relationship is that we're not guided to always be truthful. You know, we're not, we're not given necessarily that space to explore. Did I say yes when I should say no? Right, but it sounds Did like... Did I say no when I should say yes? And, and I do think that number one is that internal mechanism. Number two is realizing that um, we've got the steering wheel system, brakes. And, and, and number three is to recognize relationships are different. But it all starts with what right now in this relationship, what is... What is healthy, what's not healthy? And, and am I in a right space to share my truth about what this relationship is right now? And is there a healthy boundary? I think one thing I, I just want to add in, I think the other nakuda, which I think is very important to think about, is the language we use in creating a boundary. Like Rabbi Nachman speaks about true dibur is dibur that's received by the listener. So if I'm going to lay down a boundary, can I use the right language to allow the beholder to hear actually what's being said? Okay, right. let me, let me okay. hear what you have to yeah, say. So now. I mean, that's that's a very I, I, that's a very very profound idea that that even the word the the word speech itself is only defined by something that could be heard, which is you know the stage of communicating it. But before before that point, when we're going to come back to it, I just wanted to ask. It sounded as if you were sh sharing that. You have different types of relationships that are going to be there, right? They're going to be the relationship between the employee and the boss, you know, the, the husband and wife. But the first step really is, the first step really is, is becoming aware of 
what are those boundaries that I want to have or what's important to me. Uh, because what yeah. can happen is, what can happen is, is that people could become resentful. And I know this from my, from my own experience and from having conversations with people, right, that may have been upset about a boundary, is, is that you can have a person who's feeling resentful about a certain situation where they feel like their boundaries aren't, they're feeling like their boundaries aren't being respected, but they're not even so, so clear themselves so of what I, is it. So then that, I would say there's a, a step prior to that, which maybe we missed out, which we speak about, and you should know your wants and needs. You have to know what are your wants and needs. Who who are you? What are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are your values? What do you hold as values? What's valuable to you? And and then from there, when you have those values and you do a check-in, you can come to assess, has this person overstepped a boundary? Have they understepped a boundary? And then from there, the ability to communicate. Do I put my foot on the brake, steering wheel, accelerator? And how do I communicate? How do I say what needs to be said so the person will hear? And... Obviously, there will be some relationships in your life that matter less. And then there are relationships in your life that matter more. So maybe you can be more liberal at times in your communication if maybe, maybe you're closer to the person. Or you have to be more careful and maybe at work you could be more liberal because you don't know the person. So... Right. You, you, you have to know your own wants and needs. I think that's okay. a missing part that maybe wasn't mentioned. What, right. What... Okay. So, so let's just try to take you know what we've been speaking about here and try to plug it you know into a formula into a situation. So, step one, step one over here, right, is is that to become aware of what's important, right, and what are my wants and needs in a relationship, right. So that therefore I know. Let's just you know take an example of you know employee, you know, and manager. <clears throat> if I'm aware of my own boundaries and my own needs of what it's important for me at work. You know, it might be important for me to work X amount of time. It may be important for me that, you know, I'm only given a workload, you know, up to a certain amounts, right? There are certain hours that I'm off. Like this is something which is important to me and we need to become aware of that, which is important to us. That's step number one. Okay, now step number two is, is now I have this manager, right? Who I'm dealing with, who I'm sensing or I'm experiencing or I have experienced is not sensitive to that, right? So now I can have this choice of whether to just be quiet, mm. not say anything, right? And just say, when the manager asks, can you take on this project to say, yes, yes, even though inside there's a no, no. And what I'm hearing is, is that that's that lack of MS, that last lack of authenticity, right? That we're not meant to function in that way. Hashem wants us to be aware of what's going on inside and then to be able to communicate it in a positive way outside. So that's step number two. But step number three is, okay, now I need to communicate it. So I'm dealing now with this boss, right, who right now seems to me doesn't, at least in my thinking, doesn't appreciate that boundary of mine, right? So I want to now go ahead and make this choice to now communicate it. So how how is that done in a way that it's going to be effectively communicated so that the person is going to receive what I'm saying? So... I can suggest. Number one, I just want to point out something that maybe um, is important, and that is, say for example, you have a yes, but you self-reflect and really should be saying no. But say for example, you have a yes and you assess, even though I'm going to say no, 
I know the yes is there. So just because you have an internal voice, it doesn't mean that that internal voice is always right. So you have to think about it. You have to be misbeinen. Is that internal yes or no, should it be expressed as is inside? Or maybe I should push myself. So maybe, you know, somebody needs help in the office. And they ask me, can, can you help me? So I have a no, I can't help you. But then I say, actually, no, I've got time. I hear you, but actually I, I've got time. And yes, I'm going to override that voice. So what I'm saying, that self-awareness is very important. That self-awareness, sometimes you have to override it if you want to grow. So that's very important. Okay. That, that's meaning, meaning what you're sharing right now I is... I don't want to just come off saying, oh, you hear that voice inside? That's what right. I we have to be yes. aware of. We have to be aware of where that voice is coming from yes. and yes. to know that that voice is coming from a good place. Yes. But assuming now that we've, you know... We know that that voice is coming from a good place. We realize that the so answer now, should be a no. The communication, right? the communication, that's really where a person needs to learn to develop a mastery over language. You have to know the person who you're communicating to. So sometimes you can communicate to a person and they need to hear a joke to express the boundary. Sometimes there's no joking and you just have to say it. This is what is. Sometimes... Only if you raise your voice, sometimes it's heard. Sometimes you just have to write an email because you know that this person will not hear me in words. They'll only hear me when I write it out. And sometimes you'll write something out and you won't send it for a few hours because you want to go over it. But again, I believe it's such an important klal that the Sfarim explain communication is a only really communication when it's heard by the person to think, to, to think about. Think about, sometimes you can say something in one of the women's chabura, it was interesting, one of the women's chabura, especially you find this by texting. Texting or email, you can't hear the tonality of the voice. Right. So sometimes you can write something and then the person reading it goes, oh my gosh, they may be so annoyed with me. But then they get that phone call, are you annoyed with me? No, why do you think I'm annoyed with you? Oh, because of the email that you sent. And then the person writing the email, they say, oh, listen to how I read it in this tone. <laughs> right, so you have to be sensitive to who's in front of you and to think about that language and that communication that is going to be penetrating so that person hears what's being said. Does that sound helpful? Right, yeah, I mean, I mean it, it definitely, you know, somebody I've always, like, appreciate the realm of emotional intelligence and seeing how technology is trying to aid people, you know, through Grammarly and mm. you know, different tools, emojis, trying to give people a sense of like how other people might be perceiving, perceiving it. Right? Grammarly hasn't really caught up yet to be able to know the other person's language and therefore when you write an email to them, it's telling you that according to this person's style, this is the way that they're perceiving oh, it. They just are giving, no, I'm maybe, not sure what they're basing maybe it Maybe we can uh, give, do they do that already? No, they don't do it We yet. just sold it. They could build an algorithm <laughs> to be sensitive to the person so the that you were writing to. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, that, okay. I think we're going to get there. I think I think we're going to get there, Bezos Hashem. But, but what, I, what I'm hearing is, is that we have to be aware of, of the world of language. And then when we going to be courageous to have those conversations with those people that we're going to be sharing our boundaries with, to know how to give it in a way that the other person's not, not going to become triggered, the other person's Hope going so. to understand. Yeah, but so. what happens when the person's not going to get it? Meaning, is there room to say that for my own Avodah Hashem, you know, it's interesting to say 
boundaries and Avodah Hashem in the same sentence because I know that for for some people they may, may feel Avodah Hashem is chesed, Avodah Hashem is being mevater. You know, we've been told and we've been bombarded with messages and 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 shiurim and stories and stories about uh, about people that because they were mevater and because they gave in, because they let the other person have, you know, that they were rewarded and that's something which is tremendous. You know, in the base medrash program, and I, I think I told this to you before, you know, in the base medrash program, we we spent some time going through um, what does it mean to live as a Kiddush Hashem in the workplace in today's generation. Um, and we had a few classes speaking about the whole realm of emotional intelligence. And what was fascinating, we brought a Mar Makom, right? It's brought down by the Rashi's Chachma brings it, um, where he explains one of the questions that we're going to be asked after 120 years, right, when we go up to Shemaim, is mm-hmm. we're, how were we mamlich our chaver, right? How did we treat other people, right? And one of the understandings of what does it mean to be mamlich a chaver means is, is that we, we treat them in a very respectful way and we, we can be mavater to them, right? That if there was a, an important rav who came into the room, you know, so you would give him the covered. We give the other person the covered. But I saw an amazing, amazing explanation, I believe it was from Rav Dessler on this, where he points out that a person should know that when it means to be mamlich chaver, he has to understand what his motivation is. Mm-hmm. If, if the motivation is because I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I don't give the covered. I'm afraid of what the person's going to think of me. I'm afraid of what may happen to me as a result. Don't fool yourself into thinking, ah, that's what it means, mimam lechachavar. That's not what it means, mimam lechachavar. Mimam lechachavar is I'm not afraid. I could say no, but I choose to say yes because I want to mimam lechachavar. I think that's such an important distinction. I could say no. I could say no, because sometimes I think people miss that out. And I see a lot of people ending up feeling very resentful, not just at work, but in relationships with husbands and wife, in in, in Limit Hatayra, in a lot of different places. You could say no. And that, that Rav Dessler is very, very, very special. Yeah. Very special. It's a good test. It's a good, it's a good litmus test to be able to know really where where is this where is this being mevater coming from? Where is this mevater coming from? Is it coming from a place? So, going back to what I was saying before, you know, we, some people may think what avodas Hashem and boundaries. What avodas Hashem is being mevater? No, Yitzchak Avinu. Yitzchak Avinu is that there is an avodas Hashem of of putting down a boundary. So let's say that's what happens, right? So I'm in a situation, a work relationship, and or dealing with a company, and I recognize that for my avodas Hashem right now. I need to put down a boundary. Mm. And I am also aware of the fact that because the person that I'm dealing with right now, right, is somebody who may not get that. Like, he, even with my email, my Grammarly, and, you know, and my, and my coach that's going to help me, he may not understand it that way. I'm going to put down my boundary, and he may not understand it that way. So what happens in that situation? Is that a breakdown of relationship? Sometimes there's a, there's a saying that we use that discomfort for the sake of comfort what do you mean so what happens, building the relationship what, what happens what, you... what happens is that sometimes for your own mental health and for your own sanity there has to be sometimes fireworks so sometimes you have to say to somebody and they won't like it who says always somebody is going to like what you have to say but say for example you spoke something through with a chaver with a teacher and and it turns out that no you can't do this so sometimes you have to say no no, please don't ask me again. 
I know that you're not going to like this, but don't ask me again. And you have to be firm. You have to be firm. I always suggest that's why we need to have our friends. That's why we need to have our mentors in order to assess that which is going on within inside. Is it MS? Is it Shekhar? But sometimes if you're working with a person that's not going to hear, you, you, you will cause disharmony and that's okay. Because again, you have to make sure that you feel safe. You have to make sure in relationship that I'm, I'm, I feel safe, I feel good. There's times where I need to come out of my you know, experience of comfort. However, sometimes when something is going to be damaging, it will come out in other areas of life. Right. But I'm thinking, I know, Rabbi, you've shared in other contexts, you know, and you let me know if I'm, if I'm misquoting, but that <clears throat> besides for our the fact that we may need to do it for our own personal growth, that it's the putting of the boundary that's, that's actually building the relationship. Because if, how could there be a relationship, right? If, 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 if I'm in a relationship with someone and the other person is not respecting my boundary, is that really a relationship? So it could be that by putting down a boundary, is it, pos- is it, is it correct to say that sometimes that, that, if, if, that somehow is going to make the relationship more healthier? Initially, there might be a bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a rocking of the boat, you know, especially if the person is not used to the fact because you've always been this walkover. You've always been the one, the manager, so I can throw lots of work on this person. I can throw lots of work on that person, you know, and now the person's saying, I, you know, in a respectful way, in a smart way, in a strategic way, like, I'm not able to do this anymore. This is what I can do, right? Is there a way to say that that will build a relationship? I don't think so. Sometimes, sometimes relationship um, is—it's not Matim. What, what do I mean by that? Let me—if I've understood you correctly, and please tell me if I've reflected properly upon what you're asking. I think sometimes relationships, some relationships are not going to work out. Some relationships are not going to work out. Some relationships are going to have tension, and we cherish the relationships. Like if, for example, our relationship. Say, for example, you know, I said something to you that you did not like. So you put a boundary up. So, okay, I'll be upset maybe a little bit. Why? Because I hurt you. I, I love you very much and I don't want to hurt you. And, and the relationship is worth it, so we'll work it through. I think there are some relationships out there that are not, work, not worth working through. It's just not matin. And yes, for many, many relationships in our life. When we lay down a boundary, when we put a boundary, it gives yourself a sense of self-definition. It gives insight into the other person, what you like and what you dislike. And if the relationship is worth it, you will keep on building the relationship. It will help your relationship. It will deepen and make that in that relationship potentially more intimate if, if it's done in the right way. But I think I think it would be normal and sensible to say that there are a number of relationships out there and then they're not meant to be. And that uh, okay. is okay as well. For so sometimes sure. a boundary will break apart a relationship. I don't want to respect that. Okay. Or, right. Right, right. Okay. Meaning, what I'm hearing is, is that is, is that in certain situations, putting up a boundary will mean the breaking down of a relationship, but that's still the correct thing to do in a situation correct. where it's yes. it's not yes. a healthy relationship. Correct. Yes. At the same time, you know, when dealing with in 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 other situations, you're dealing with you know two people, you're right that are you know that are are sensible and want to make it work. 
you know, the communication of a boundary and where the other person's able to hear that and to give respect for the boundary is going to make the relationship bigger and I I better so. because, because I believe sometimes a person may think, yeah, I have a great, great relationship going on right over here. Well, have you ever put a boundary down? No. Does the other person respect your boundaries? No. Well, is that a relationship? Is that really what's going on over here? Mm-hmm. Or is this other person that's not a relationship? You're going to say you have a good relationship with your manager. Your great relationship. Does he respect your boundary? No. Have you ever put up a boundary? No. And if you would put up your boundary, what would happen? So it could be that by putting up that boundary and then the person learning and saying, okay, now I recognize that itself could make make things work it reminds more, me you know, more it, functional it reminds me of a story that happened a couple of weeks ago we have somebody in the community here that was having issues at work and i said to them listen i'll tell you what you can do this has been going on long enough now it's been going on since before yomtev and i said to them that either you choose to accept the situation as it is and he's feeling resentful he's he feels unheard and, and I said, listen, either you, you say something or you don't. If you do say something, what is, like, what, what's the worst situation? Worst situation is you get fired. Okay, find another job. But right now, the resentment that you are bringing home with you is not good for your Shalom Bais, it's not good for your Chinuch, it's not good in the base of Medrash. So what happened is the person actually booked an appointment with their boss. And they said to their boss, listen, emotionally, this is where I am right now. I want to talk to you. I could get a little bit heated just because this has been building up for a long period of time. The boss turned around and said, okay, let's close the blinds. Okay, I'm giving you full rushus. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to give you full rushus. Tachlis, the conversation didn't get as heated didn't get, the boss listened and the boss turned around and said, I knew that you were annoyed with me, but I didn't realize that you were so annoyed with me. And I'm very happy that you shared this with me. Because at the end of the day, as a boss, I want the best products put out. If you're feeling those feelings, then you putting out those products are now colored with frustration and colored with resentment. Tachlis is that the person walked out and you can imagine, <sighs> two days later, the boss called, called him in and was so happy, was so happy that he shared what he shared. He actually gave him a raise. Wow. He says, I cherish this relationship and I want you to know that you're a good worker. And because you are open, I saw it was difficult for you. I'm giving you, I'm giving you a raise. So the boss is a good boss. This person was intellectually and emotionally honest enough to share and actually their sharing created a greater closeness right, between exactly. the boss that's what i was trying to and he he, he thought maybe he'll get fired he right. was prepared okay i need to say it because i it's affecting the rest of my life it's affecting other areas of my life and i can't have that anymore and i was mechazik this person go speak to them Wow. And it actually deepen the relationship. Yeah, so I, I think actually that story is a, an amazing summary of what we've been talking about because the process that he went through, the process that we went through is what we're discussing here today, you know, that Vesus Hashem will all be able to take away from and be able to apply into our life, which was, you know, a person is experiencing some level of, of discomfort, right, because of a situation, right? So the first step, right, as we said, right, is become aware when you're experiencing the discomfort, 
check in and become aware of what's going on right now, right? What are, what are things that are important to me and what are needs that are not being met, right? Then, right, he was feeling that internal and didn't know how to be able to express it externally, went to a mentor to discuss it, to be able to check in and see, you know, is this just something that I should work on myself, right? Or is this something which really working on myself means saying something, Right? Is this a place of being mevater, or is this a place of, no, this is a place of midas agvura. This is a place where I need to be honest and authentic to myself and share. Get guidance how to do it in a, in a smart and strategic way. Like you said, set up a meeting, communicate in a well that could be communicated to. And at the end, there was a happily ever after. But, you know, as Revy just mentioned, he had to be ready for it not to be happily ever after. Correct, right? yes. And because that's what he needed to do. And that's what we need to be we willing to do is that we need to respect ourselves enough and respect those things that are important to our, uh, ourselves enough and become aware of how that resentment might be playing out in other areas of our life to say, I'm going to now set this boundary. In the best case scenario, like this story, what happened is, bam, you're dealing with somebody who at strong emotional intelligence and was able to say, wow, this is helpful for my company and this is helpful for our relationship and even strengthened the relationship and even got a raise. But it, it was the requirement of him, that's what you were the sharing before. Being respectful to who is in front of me and speaking a language or framing I'm about to communicate, but I want you to know that I'm actually quite frustrated inside. So it's not personal if I get more animated. Right. Yeah. That was. Is the, that uh, is that okay? Yeah. That 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 was that that was an amazing way to be able to communicate it because I think that's where, especially if you're somebody who's been bottling up resentment and you get out there like, okay, I'm gonna now set my boundary. It's like, woo! Like, what's what just happened? Fireworks. Like, where did that come from? But I, I think that, that that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. It really just sums up. And I think that for each one of us listening today, you know, a check-in, you know, and a question for us is to just, are we experiencing somewhere in our relationships, work, business, wherever it might be, right, where we're feeling that not so settled because we have an unexpressed boundary, right? And for this week to pay attention to it, Right. Try to check in and see where that's coming from. Discuss it with a friend. Discuss it with a rub. Discuss it with a mentor. Right. And then to see is your next step. Right. To have that conversation. Have that courageous conversation. Right. And Hashem, I think that step alone, just as a walk away from today's episode, will help us to become more self-aware and to empower ourselves, so we should be able to become stronger in our Hashem and Bez Hashem together to be able to have stronger relationships. Amen. Bracha, mazel, and hatzlacha. Amen.